So for you and your journey, like growing this brand, growing Dermalogica to be like huge, what was it about you? Like, did you have your confidence that you have now through the whole journey and the clear vision that you have now? Or is it now that you've grown it to be this position and to be this huge brand that you can see clearly? Well, I I think it is different when you've done it because you can look back at the track record and talk about it. But when we launched Dermalogica, I was 24 years old and, and, you know, an immigrant came from the UK and we started our company when I'd been here less than a year. So clearly didn't have very much of a clue of anything. And yet my belief in it was as strong then as it is now. But of course, I couldn't prove that there was going to be a a now. I I didn't know this then, but I absolutely knew that what we were driving to was the hard cutting edge of what people wanted. I just felt it. I really believed it. I I felt feral about it. Mm. And the reason is because I knew the industry that we were going to be addressing, which is the professional salon industry. I've spent my whole life in it, literally from 13 years old, working every Saturday in a local hair salon. I know this industry. If you ask me something, what's happening in tech, I haven't got a clue. If you ask me, you know, what's how well do I think, you know, Tesla's going to do, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very interested in cars. I don't look at it. But I do know the salon industry. So I knew that when I emigrated here and saw there was a lack of training and a lack of education for skin therapists, And only seven out of the 50 states even had a license to be able to give skin treatments. And I'd come from Europe where this was a huge industry. And I looked at other countries around the world, like Australia, like Japan, like Germany, like South Africa, for example, where this was a huge industry. I thought, this is crazy. This, This industry should be here in America. And then when I had the second aha moment, and it wasn't just me, it was my boyfriend, who's now my husband and became my business partner, Raymond, who's who's a feral marketer, and me, who's a feral skin therapist, we looked at it and said, oh my goodness, the gap is education. And then pretty quickly when we were educating and trying to upskill skin therapists to be able to be successful because they had better skills and better business skills, we quickly realized from them there was no product. There was no American product in the salon industry for skin, which was crazy. They were bringing in product from Europe and paying import taxes and duties and everything and not getting proper training. So we saw immediately the hard edge there was we needed to develop a product. So it came about because if you know an industry, you're going to spot the pain in it. And if you spot the pain, you just spotted the greatest opportunity. And you have to make sure that what you're looking at is the real pain point and not just jump at the first thing. So you do a little research and you kind of say, so for example, I was going on job interviews to work in a salon and all this, first of all, the first thing, the big red flag, first of all, was there were only salons I could find were in Beverly Hills. Okay, so that made me think it was elitist. So where was everyone else getting a skin treatment or getting their legs waxed or, get, you know, whatever? Mm-hmm. So then I went on job interviews and the next thing I heard was that they're not employing Americans because the training's so poor. So it was the second red flag. Why is the training poor? Is the training poor? How poor is it? And I found out it was 600 hours, which is about four months. And that didn't equate to the two years with an apprenticeship that was typical in Europe. So I knew, okay, so skin therapists are getting poorly trained and therefore they're not, they don't have a skill set to be successful. And that's why they're not getting the jobs. And that's why there's only seven states that have this. And that's why it's in Beverly Hills because they're hiring Europeans to work in their salons. So the gap was clearly education. 
I went and did the license myself, the California state license. I had to by law to be able to be working here. And the skincare portion of the license test was 15 minutes done in an upright chair. So I knew, okay, there's a lot to upskill here and there's a big opportunity because the skin therapist who have already got the license and they don't have the skills to be successful. So I can change that. I had a teaching credential. We can fix it. And that's what we did. We started an education company, the International Dermal Institute, and had full enrollment pretty much from day one with waiting lists. And when the students were coming to class, they were all working in the industry. They just didn't hadn't really been taught how to do the work correctly and make money from it. So then when they were coming and they were coming back to classes and saying, oh my goodness, that technique you taught me, you know, I can now do extractions around the nose. I can extract a blackhead from someone's ear. They were very excited. So they could do a bikini wax in seven minutes, which had been taking them sort of 40 and, you know, they were in a cold sweat. (laughs) So when that started happening, then they were saying, what about a product? And that, again, I had a lot of ideas about that. So Raymond and I set about developing Dermalogica. So we launched, we started our education program in 1983 and we launched Dermalogica in 1986 and grew, we started on self-funding, $14,000 on self-funding. We never took outside funding or gave away any equity until we went to acquisition. And that wasn't anything brilliant on our part. We were new immigrants. I went to beauty school. I don't have a college degree. Who's going to fund me? You know, never mind less than 3% going to to women with great college degrees and and experience and a background, no one would have funded me. So we self-funded. And the typical entrepreneur self-funds on three credit cards, $25,000. That's the typical entrepreneur. I call them invisible entrepreneurs. These are the entrepreneurs that we walk past every day. The florist, the salon, the the cat mechanic, the dog groomer, the bakery, the coffee shop, the restaurant, the taco stand. These are entrepreneurs that we walk past in our neighborhood every day and we don't see them. They're invisible. We think of Elon Musk. We think of Steve Jobs. We think of Sarah Blakely. We think of people that we know, but actually the big long tail of entrepreneurship are those small entrepreneurs that will hire one or two other people, but will hire locally and are the glue of our communities. And so for us, the salon industry was always about that. That's what built Dermalogica. We didn't take any advertising, any consumer advertising, because the word of mouth in the salons was huge because they were our influencers. Each skin therapist had five or 600 clients. And to those clients, they were the guru of everything skin. And so they weren't working for Dermalogica. They were endorsing Dermalogica because they used it and it got them results in the room. So it was the height of influencer marketing before it was even called that. It was just total word of mouth. And now Dermalogica is in 106 countries and the number one professional skincare brand in the world. And that's how we built it. We built it through education, entrepreneurship, and building community. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.